0: All right, now we're good. Shabidi goo, shubidi bop bop doo bop Hey,
1: what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazers Edge Podcast. <laughs> I'm Tara Bone Biggs, joined as always yes. by my good friend Blazers <sighs> Outsider Danny Mering. How you doing, Danny?
0: Good friend and forever optimist. Uh, whatever,
1: I, that's right? not what I called you. <laughs> you, you <got> that. <laughs> I did not call you forever optimist oh, okay. because okay. the the moment something comes up that you're not even the slightest fan of, it'll be like all doom and gloom. I can't. I'm going to guess ten minutes into this podcast when get you uh, so I can get you all riled up about something. No.
0: I mean not, okay. about the Blazers. I don't think you can right now. Like as, as crazy as that may be. Uh, I, I, said going into the, uh, into game four, I had a weird feeling that they were going to come out and just kind of handle things. And they, they took what I felt was the best punch from the OKC Thunder in, the, in game three. And they had some things clearly go their way when it came to the, uh, the officials. Uh, you had Jeremy Grant have his game of the series and it, it took a lot for OKC to get a game to mm-hmm. to, to kind of go their way, yeah. right? I mean,
1: we knew that they weren't going to lay down and go away quietly. You 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 jumped right into talking about no. Game Three. I was going to make a little small talk first.
0: Well, no, 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 I no 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 no, 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 no. This 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 is kind of small talk in the sense of the um, the feeling about this team I have right now. Because I've had a lot of people say, "Why can't you be more positive? Why can't you look on the brighter side of things? Why can't you this? Why this?" And then I've always said, and you've heard me say this a million times, Derek, Give me good things to talk about, and I will talk about them. And I think right now there's a lot of good things about this team right now. But more than anything is the businessman-like way that they're going about things they're just ticking boxes like a better team does they they aren't concerning themselves with the thunder they aren't concerning themselves with what they do and I, I kind of wish they'd get a little little chippy with them and get in their head and, and and talk a little noise like I wanted Anthony Simons to get on a breakaway dunk at the end of game four just like Paul George did just to let the the lasting memory just kind of sit with OKC you know as they wait all summer because they're not going to have their team back in the building again. That's how I feel.
1: <laughs> I like how the Blazers ended that on a high note, you know, took took the high road with all of that. Of I agree. I, I love mm. the, uh, the attitude that they have going in right now. I love where they said, we're just going to talk to each other. We're not going to talk to anybody else who's not wearing a Blazer jersey. Uh, I thought that was a really smart way to focus themselves in um, these playoffs, which have gotten real chippy, like not just this series, but many series. Uh, there's been so much talk about the referees and the officiating and I thought that, you know, their vow to just address each other um or, you know, speak directly in, you know, measured tones to the refs. I you know, I think they're they yeah, I'm I'm with you on um they just, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better team to be rooting for right now,
0: really. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's not just like the, the basketball. Because the basketball stuff's kind of taken care of itself, but we, we talked about this. I feel like it was like a month ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. That the, the Blazers actually started addressing the the whole point of getting their ass kicked by the Pelicans last year candidly. They, they stopped with the cliches and, and all the little, Oh, it's just another game. It's just, it was just this, that or the other. You got CJ, you got Dame, you got Mo, you got Evan, you got all these guys who were out there talking about it sucked. It sucked to spend all summer hearing how bad we were and how bad we got beaten and, you know, breaking up the team and how, you know, Terry Stotts was close to losing his job because Paul Allen was, was not thrilled with how things went. And it was just, it was comforting in a weird way to hear the, you know, they weren't just dismissing these things that it, that it did rattle them, that it did cause them to take a look at and adjust like what their level of focus needs to be and how they need to conduct themselves and what they need to do to get ready and how they need to carry out a game plan because that stuff has showed up every single game has in these four games Terry, Have you seen this team not show up and be at the bare minimum mentally prepared?
1: No, i have I've seen a team dialed in and taking everything very seriously all season, actually. Um, <laughs> and, you know, attack the, the playoffs, just like, you know, they've been aiming for this entire season. It just makes me sad that Nurkic isn't there. It makes me, that really bums me out.
0: Yo yeah. I thought, you, I thought I was going to be the one that brought everything down. Here comes Tara. I wish, wish Nurkic was there. Well, Screeching hole. I mean, come on now.
1: <laughs> you're very up and very down, Dan. Let's face it. You know, you're either everything is on fire or it's the most no incredible thing about, that's ever happened to anybody in the entire world. I have no I idea. I try you're about. to uh take a balanced approach. I try to look at both sides of issues. Like I that's why like I don't mm. get riled up about the refs. And I know that you do cuz I just I know it's a very complicated but, thing. So much talking. About? I just try to be a little more even-keeled about it, and sometimes I wonder if like that makes me a bad fan because I don't get super, you know, um, riled up about stuff. But to me, like oh, all that stuff is <laughs> all that stuff is just extra um, when I just want to you know, focus on the guys and how they're playing and what they're doing.
0: I mean, that that's that's fine. Um, Oh, good. Thank uh, you.
1: Thank you for giving me permission to feel my feelings, Dan.
0: Well, you don't really feel anything. You just said you just don't You don't. No,
1: I like to to keep
0: an even keel.
1: I like to try not to overreact to things, which is why I'm trying not to overreact to their 3-1 lead. uh,
0: Terabot 2.0?
1: Because we have seen what happens even to very good teams who get a 3-1 lead if they have an opponent who suddenly lights a fire and decides that they want to put them away.
0: That's the thing is that this this team, on, well, both teams, I think, are in two totally different places right now. At the end of game four, I saw a Thunder team that didn't want to be out there. I, I see West a Thunder Brooke.
1: team that looks a lot like the Blazers did last year. Yes, Only very much so. They managed to squeak, or they managed to squeak out a win. And the Blazers, there was was either game two or game game three last year where they almost got a win. And then game after two, that, three, there they was just slaughtered. Nope, it yeah. wasn't going to happen. That's yeah. it. that's what it looks like, but. That's what it looks like today. And it's like there's a reason it's a seven game series and anything can happen. And that's why we like it. You just uh, act like everything uh, is like given. (laughs) Like like you were sure that the Blazers were gonna be playing the jazz in the first round. That was like two weeks ago. You were completely wrong. So is it it's okay for me to like call out and say, Hey, maybe we should pump the brakes on
0: this. Yeah, the 97% probability. I'm, it's not about, about about being right or wrong. It's it's playing the long game in, the, in that the likelihood of the Blazers securing this series is much higher than them dropping it. Do you well, see sure, the Thunder that's just... winning three out of four games? <laughs> Do I what? Do you see the Thunder winning three out of four games?
1: No, I don't. I I think that the Blazers are going to win, but I don't want to say that it's a given. I don't want to ever act like I know what's going to happen.
0: That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I'm not even acting like I know it's going to happen. It's just what I believe is going to happen. It, it's it's a, it's a very it's it's operating on a. You have a very, very strong
1: fine, fine line for you, I think, figuring out the a difference between what you believe and <laughs> what. <a, laughs>
0: No, it's it's a strongly held belief, and it's it's just based on numbers. And then you throw in the fact of how the Blazers are playing and how the Thunder are playing, how Westbrook is walking off the bench with 15 seconds to go after being a guy who had an awful lot to say about busting that ass for years in the regular season. Uh, Paul George, from everything that I've heard, is playing with a shoulder he shouldn't be playing with. Um, you, you got guys like you know, Schroeder out there tapping his wrist when he's, you know, kind of writing checks that, you know, he's not going to be cashing and he's getting, (laughs) getting a guy like Damian Lillard fired up. Do you think is Schroeder
1: trying to be um, like Patrick Beverly jr. Yeah. Like he's the only one that I've seen guard somebody baseline to baseline.
0: Yeah. He's, he's trying to be a little bit of that. He's, he's kind of their energy guy. Uh, I think Roberson, obviously not being out there is something that, that, it's problematic for them on the defensive end, not that they're short in the defensive players, but he's a guy, he's their defensive backbone with, with Paul George. So him not being there for, for a large portion of the year has probably hurt them in that but respect. Schroeder's but Schroeder's trying to
1: enough, do all that extracurricular, extra annoying to, Beverly and, and stuff.
0: And he's almost doing it like little brother, big brother. Like he sees how Russ conducts himself and he's like, I want to be just like him. And then he goes out there and acts a fool. But he doesn't have the cachet, the minutes, of the talent to back that up. I mean, and Dame hit it right on the, in the press conference. The whole idea of um, Schroeder tapping the wrist in his face. He's like, huh, yeah, that was kind of funny. He waited until the very end of the game to do that. Like if you watch Dame and Russ, they're talking to each other all game. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, it's, they start the game yapping at each other and it goes all night long. And I love it.
1: There's been so many classic moments from Damien in this series already. I really want to continue series. into a second series just because I can't wait to see what he's got in store with us. Starting with, you know, like we talked about last week, going out there and sinking that like 30 foot shot in the very first shot of the series. And mm-hmm. then there was his reaction and scoring 23 points after like the rock the baby thing mm-hmm. all happened. Uh, yeah, Dan. He's got is, signature
0: moments everywhere. He really the, does. Uh, the uh, the defensive stand on Westbrook, where Westbrook clanks a three, and then Dan comes down and hits mm-hmm. the the thirty five footer in his face, mm-hmm. and just starts you know clapping and, <laughs> and he claps in Russ's face after he misses the shot, and then he starts thumping his chest after he bangs a three, like it's, yeah. He, we, we, talk about this all the time, right, Sarah? The whole idea of like, can Damian Lillard find another gear? Like, can he rewrite his the one negative he has in his career, which is kind of his playoff resume? And right now, his playoff he, resume looks great. Right now,
1: <laughs> this year's playoff resume looks great.
0: Yeah, he looks like the best player in the playoffs right now. Not, yeah. not just this series in the playoffs. He's, um, he's, he's really better a, than Giannis. No. I, I'm, I'm giving, I'm grading that one on a sliding scale, just because. Uh, the, Pistons are. I think you got a little ahead of yourself on that one. No, I mean,
1: don't no. don't get me wrong. I would rather have Damian Lillard than any other person in the league as the leader of the team that I cheer for. Um, but before great, we got on, you, you were just tonight. talking about
0: how Giannis is destroying basketball. He he is, but I'm also again sliding scale because he's playing a team in the, in the Pistons. I think that really have no business being there, and his matchup has been Blake Griffin, who's playing on basically the same leg I have right now. So um, I, I, it's a bit of a – and listen, I've taken my shot to Blake Griffin in the past. Props to him for going out there. I think it's dumb, but for, for going out there and playing for <laughs> right. what yeah, he's I don't understand he's, why he's he, playing, but it, – It's been insane. But uh, Dame, I mean, he has been absolutely phenomenal, especially considering the pressure that he's had. For Giannis, the pressure is different. This is a team that had not won a playoff series since 2001. And they just, obviously they just swept tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- the expectations are there, but it's, they aren't burdensome. Mm-hmm. I think with, with Damian Lillard, I think they were burdensome because if they, let's say they, th- this is a different way and this is 3-1 for the Thunder. Even with Nurkic's injury, you're probably going into this offseason with Neil O'Shea and the, the basketball side of things, strongly evaluating what's going to be the makeup of this team going forward. You now, know that, that's that's still going to happen but I think it's going to be in a different manner.
1: Uh when are we going to uh, decide that Damon CJ can play together? Damon CJ have been saying that they can play together for years and I think this as, is the first time
0: they've proved it. Pardon me? I think this is the first time they've ever actually proved it where it's actually been a, been enough to win when it matters. So are you going to
1: punish them for taking a long time and go ahead and reevaluate them again or this summer are you okay saying it's so this team should move forward with those two players uh, as the leaders.
0: I think you need to constantly evaluate those things. And I, I still don't think that when it comes down to it, they're enough to get it done on the highest end. W- granted with that, because again, when things are going well, I want to point out things that are going well, this is the highest level of performance. I think I've seen from CJ. He is incredible. He, his, right now. his performance in the first half last night in game four was masterclass. I don't know if there's something wrong with Dane. If, if he took a little shot to the ribs, um, from Nerlens Noel and it kind of had him nicked up and run a little slow, but he was deferring a ton or maybe it was part of the game plan.
1: No, I think he's okay. So here's something that I discovered about CJ over the weekend. I wrote mom's favorite and I put Damien as number one, mom's favorite, but I gave CJ the gold star, Uh, Because I was digging into his matchups and uh, during the regular season, CJ was guarded just about like, you know, eight possessions a game by Paul George. And for this playoffs, he's being guarded by him about 24 possessions, a little more than 24 possessions. So not only is he being guarded by one of the best defenders in the league three times as much as he was being guarded in the regular season, he's increased his points, his rebounds, and his assists at the same time. And to me, that was so impressive. And I took a look, and at least through three games, CJ had assisted every player who had scored on an assist. So like Evan Turner had gotten, you know, a tip in. And I think um one of like Anthony Simons had scored uh on by creating his own shot but otherwise every player who had you know gotten a basket and had it been assisted had, had everybody had gotten something from CJ even Damien hadn't assisted every player at that point so CJ is doing so so much and it's a beautiful thing to watch and like
0: he's being some called of upon his, to do more
1: well and some of his um, his dribbling some of the way like his Do handle has God. developed he created like 10 <laughs> feet of space for himself the other day in what is that a jab
0: step or whatever was, he was- put raymond felton into another dimension mm-hmm. off that that right to left um that got everybody going nuts i mean he's had some moves so far in this series where he has just Crushed people, and he's not. And he's not dancing. He's not right, left, in, out. Has he? It's just one, two. He's he, which is crazy because a, a month ago he, he's sitting there, you know, unable to really walk.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I thought there was going to be, uh, uh, you know, more time required for him you, getting up to speed. Me, but me and
0: everyone else, that,
1: <laughs> that rest, like he must have um, done more than just rehab his leg, but you know, get everything all in order because well, he was when as soon as he stepped back to work out, out, there, he was back.
0: Well, he was cleared to work out. He was going three and four times a day, so he he wanted to get back, and I mean. CJ's actually been the one consistent thing I think for the Blazers in the playoffs in the CJ Dame era. He's consistently performed in a box score level, but I think he's had more momentum plays in this series alone than he has had in, 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 impact wise in, in any of his other playoff games.
1: I would say he, Chief has also been very consistent
0: in the playoffs. I, I hadn't got to, well, I hadn't got to him qu- yet. This is this is to CJ. Remember remember Tara, you you can say nice things about I CJ, know, but you, you said can actually
1: The only and I just wanted to clarify Because you get a little carried away sometimes with your modifiers.
0: No, Chief had very, very bad games against the Pelicans. Like atrocious games. Like his shooting was so subpar that they actually cost him games one and two. That was the problem in that series. Oh. Outside of Dane being bad too. We're blaming
1: the series on Chief. I'm not
0: blaming it on Chief, but he was subpar offensively. Mm. and He He averaged
1: 17.5 points a game. Take
0: a look at games one and two. So how much was he scoring in
1: three and four? He must yeah, have really he, gone to
0: town. He, uh, he, him and uh, I believe it was, I think it was Zach, it was, were mm. brutal on wide open threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but neither here nor there. Chief has, Chief has been good defensively, no matter what, certainly. But on the offensive side, he's been great this series when he's shown up uh, to deliver shots. He's been fantastic. Um, and Boris Harkless. Mm-hmm. I mean, we oh. beat up. Uh, I've beat up Morton. You
1: Harbles have.
0: Plenty, Not me. Plenty over the last three years. And to see him play at this level, I don't think anybody's happier about it than me. Mm. I. I <laughs> No, genuinely. You can ask Joe and Shane how how much I've complimented the guy throughout each game. You
1: know who's probably really happy with how Maurice Harkless is playing? Maurice Harkless Harkless? and his teammates. So they're probably way up there, and then Danny Mering is probably somewhere. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty high on it. Down there. Okay, I want to talk about one thing that I'm a little concerned about, and I want to know if you think it is of a concern.
0: The Blazers have Mm.
1: really been struggling anywhere near the rim. In the playoffs,
0: that's a real thing, and they're- I'm actually writing about it. That's a problem. Okay, um, uh, so yeah, they're they're good. shooting
1: 48 percent in the restricted area compared with 60 percent during the regular season. Yeah,
0: um, and Stephen Adams has not been out there like the entire time. And Nerlens Noel is is nice, but yeah, that that's that's not enough of a factor.
1: Right. So, um, what what is going on, and um is uh, like, I haven't seen as many of those Damien drives. Um, and is that because, I mean, cause like you said, Steven Adams hasn't really been a big factor in this. So what's causing the downstream effects so that Damien isn't getting those drives and completing those drives. If it's not Steven Adams.
0: Um, a lot of the missed shots and I hate to do this. Um, have actually come from guys like Harkless and Aminu um, at the rim in particular. Uh, the other are they layups that the,
1: are getting blocked? No, um, they're just
0: missing them. Harkless, as good as he was in Game Four, and this is not to take away from him. This is like the one like if, if everything's if, if everything else is in the plus kind of this is the one minus column he has he had last night in the game. He missed a ton of bunnies. He got a lot of rebounds, and, and eventually, uh, more often than I think, he he cleaned up his miss or somebody else got the offensive put back. But he missed a lot of bunnies, and it was really surprising because uh, throughout the regular season, he's been very good in that respect.
1: Well, um, are, are the Thunder doing something to make that harder? Because it seems super crowded in the paint. That's what I'm they, thinking. I think they're crowding it.
0: They are kind of. They are when it's Dame. Because they're, they're, they want to not only limit his effectiveness at the rim, because Dame's smaller— and not the, quite the, the explosive athlete that Russ is who can get through these crevices and explode up above everybody, they want to take away passing lanes and shooting angles. Um, what Dame has done, and they, the Blazers counter to this, is they run their pick-and-roll 40 feet from the rim right now, so somebody has to recover from 20 feet, and it's just not possible. That that third-quarter takeover where Dame went for 25, I mean, I think he had eight eight drives or nine drives where he converted on seven of them. And every single one of them, the one, I think the one that he missed was a ridiculous circus shot that was a kind of a heat check drive. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he, he's been pretty good around the rim. Yeah. He's, um, he's,
1: he has circus shot is a good description. He has had a lot of those where it's just like, there's no way that's, oh, it went in.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's shooting a little subpar right now. Uh, games one and two, he struggled around the paint. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird cuz like, right right now Chief's shooting 25% in the in the ramp, in the restricted area. Mm-hmm. And that's, How- that's 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 weird.
1: Yeah. I I think that I think the Thunder are doing something. Um and what I want to know is if their next opponent is going to be doing something. Um so just to recap game 3 obviously the uh, Blazers lost that was 120-108 in OKC. Um game 4 the Blazers defeat the Thunder 111 to 98. Game 3 was the only Game that the uh, Blazers let OKC score more than a hundred. Get over 100. Points.
0: yeah, which is insane when you think about it. Like a hundred is not a benchmark that we like. You know the old Lawler's Law: first to hundred wins. Well, every team scores hundred with you know with relative ease. Right. Some teams do it by the third. Sometimes quarter, in the third nowadays. quarter. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not the same bar it used to be. Um, so for the Blazers to hold them down, that that's probably the like if I, if I had to rank storylines for this playoffs. How good Dame has been, Stotts's adjustments, and the, having these guys already. And number three is defensive effort and intensity. Mm-hmm. There is not all a guy that has down. gotten yeah. on this floor that has not gotten into OKC's jerseys. Every single one of them has been physical. Even even Seth, who he, you think when you watch him play, like he hates the idea of it. He just wants to get out there and play the the beautiful brand of basketball where nobody touches anybody and everybody shoots, you know, equitable jumpers. <laughs> but even he has gotten into it. I mean. Took we, a charge. We talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, he, he everybody is getting, Dame has taken more charges in this series than he took all season, Tara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, in, it's... That's insane.
1: Well, and he's also getting steals like crazy, too.
0: Like wild, and they're had, all the same way. He, it's all left-handed pokes. It's something they've clearly game-planned for. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said the second story line is the game-planning, the adjustments. They have moves, counter-moves, and because Dame's not a guy that, that, that gambles at all, right? In the regular season? That's not something we've ever seen him do?
1: What do you mean he doesn't gamble?
0: Gamble for steals. He's he's not a guy we see in passing lanes all the time or going to poke the ball away. A, a timely steal here or there, but he's not Chris Paul.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He, he's not trying to actively take the ball away on what feels like every possession. If if a guy posts him up right now, he's looking to strip him every time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that, that, that's a hell of a change for a guy who seven years of, of evidence says otherwise to all of a sudden be this aggressive. That that's a wild switch.
1: Well, he he always, he has averaged through the season, at, you know, just slightly over one steal per game, which
0: really isn't that much. That's that's pretty low for a point guard.
1: Is it pretty low for a point guard? Because they're yeah. they're usually harassing each other directly yes. a lot. Okay, I mean
0: Chris Paul usually is like a, a, a league leader at three. Well,
1: yeah, I mean he's he's way up there.
0: But I mean, when you when you think about the difference there, I mean Dame through the series right now is at two point three. Uh-huh. So clearly he's much, much, much more active. CJ is actually the guy who's led them in steals over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, over like, the um over the Rick regular season. Okay. Yeah. He CJ's usually the guy should hovered, I think, about like, like around like 1.2. Mm-hmm. Which when you think about it, kind of puts into perspective how conservative the defensive scheme has always been. Because you would think with guys like Alfa Camino and Maurice Harkless, um, or heck, even Nurkic. Nurkic actually Gets it, had, before he went down was getting a fair amount of steals, um, you know, clogging up passing lanes and having those guys. But Harkless has been phenomenal when he has doubled down, um, when he is is trapped, when he's come over. There was a play where Adams had the size mismatch on Collins in game four, and he took him down once and immediately drew the foul on him. Went to the free throw line. Come down next possession, they they go to it again. And Zach did a really good job of not letting Adams go to his first move. He let him get to the middle, but he recovered, and he went chest to chest with Adams. And before Adams could really elevate, here comes Harkless from the three-point line to absolutely mm-hmm. send Adams' the stuff out of there. Mm-hmm. And that's that kind of stuff Harkless has done through four games at a level that I have never seen him perform. He has done that time after time after time, and it's scouting, Knowing time, situation, foul, need, and, and kind of doing like a risk assessment on the fly. Like, does this play necessitate me making this play? Is it worth me possibly getting a foul or digging down here at this right time? And he has come up on the right side of that equation more often than not. I will say that the only time that in this series that I've seen it where it's like, Mo, what the hell are you doing? Was on that long offensive rebound. Where it ended up going back to Schroeder and Mo had already taken up off uh, up court. I think it was in the second quarter of game four, and Schroeder canned the three in the corner. And Dame looked at Mo like, "Come on, man!" (laughs) But that is literally the only Mm -hmm. time I've seen Mo be on the wrong side of that equation. I think Mo
1: looks like um, he's playing uh, like he's having fun, and he's kind of playing with some abandon. Like his he's fouling and he's fouling. Uh, He is fouling, and he's fouling hard, and he's making them feel it, but he's not squandering his fouls. I I feel like the team is... uh, Fairly in control as much as they can be of the foul situation. It's not like a couple <laughs> years ago where they were just
0: like, oh god, like it was them,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, making yeah, bad averaging bad five fouls. Five fouls a
0: game right now, so he's getting his money's worth. But it he's right
1: got, now. yeah. But you know, you have fouls. He's got to guard
0: Paul George. He's got to right? help on, off the Russell Westbrook. He's got to help down on Stephen Adams. No, no. I'm, I mean, I'm
1: disappointed I'm, when Myers comes in and he doesn't have at least five fouls,
0: like on purpose. <laughs> hey, you know what? Quick shout out to Myers for even being able to go. Uh, in the first half yesterday. Um, oh, right. He, cause had, he was he, ill, I heard. He had his head in a trash can. Poor guy. Yeah, so don't eat the sushi in Oklahoma, folks. It's landlocked. Oh, um,
1: poor guy. <laughs> well, um, I want to talk a little bit about the other playoff series that is uh, going on right now that uh, is of interest to Blazer fans, and that is the Denver San Antonio series. I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of ourselves, but things are certainly looking good far for the Blazers. Ahead. To get out of the <laughs> first round, um, but right now Denver San Antonio are tied two to two. What have you seen in this game that you think would be either a good thing for the Blazers or a big like ooh that's gonna be a problem?
0: I haven't seen anything in this series that's gonna be like problematic for Portland that they couldn't solve. Wow. I I just I don't well here's you the don't end. think
1: Jokic is going to be a problem for um i think he's a problem but i also
0: think that that this is a um denver team lacking a ton of experience and it's showing against you know being able to to really handle things against san antonio so i I think that's a big problem for them and like every playoff team you have to earn your stripes it's a real thing it was like oh what does playoff experience really mean this this is what it means not getting beat when you're You know you're losing games to a to a seven seed like this. this
1: Well, it is San Antonio. Still,
0: San Antonio is always at least two better than their seed. This that's (laughs) probably a rule that should be written, (laughs) and and they always have a player that's going to have a breakout performance. Mm -hmm. So uh, Derek White clearly Mm -hmm. is that guy for them this year. But it's you're, you're you're the. The problem I think you face with Denver is yes, they have depth and talent, but I think that they're still very, very gun shy. I think it's the opposite side where San Antonio doesn't necessarily have the depth and talent, but they have the game planning and the resume, right? That's
1: why I think this is such a great series. It's so interesting. It's, it's a
0: strong contrast. I had a ton of people say that, that Denver would handle this and it, it would be a gentleman's sweep and then I I don't know how you could say I don't that know about who a you're listening to, team.
1: Dan.
0: If but you didn't this, listen to me at all for
1: the whole mm-hmm. year, I've been wondering how their youth is gonna translate in the playoffs. It's actually translating better than I thought it would. I thought that well, remember, they would struggle we had Adam.
0: More. We had Adamares on it for, for Denver and you know, we brought that up and he said, I don't know, I don't know if it's gonna be enough. I th- I think they they've got enough, you know, within them to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, right now. Yeah. So
1: but well, it, it, I was so interested in what he was saying about the leadership or the, like, the leader, like, you know, Paul Middlesap's leadership because nobody else was doing it. And
0: by the way, it was by silence. <laughs> I
1: was like, that is so sad. You yeah, know, when
0: he says something, you know, whole room perks up like, huh?
1: Right. Because I mean, like but Paul's like, I, I was just really struck in that conversation with him about their. Uh, you know, Horford's their- the
0: same way with the Celtics, too. Yeah. K- kind of makes you wonder. If maybe that was the problem in Atlanta with Millsap, Horford, Joe Johnson, right? Is that they were just all like all of them good guys, great locker room guys, silent and they're all leaders. probably like yeah, but they're all silent leaders. I mean, Joe Johnson's nickname is the, is the silent assassin. Like, <laughs> like the, none of these dudes talk, and it's it's kind of a a strange situation that you kind of see playing out. But I mean, look at San Antonio; they're they're two guys, Demar and and Lamarcus. Not big talkers. So, it, 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 like I said, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this, this series plays out. And for all Blazers fans, you just, you know what? Sit back and enjoy and watch and hope for Denver and San Antonio to go seven games. <laughs> you want it, the, to the Blazers as much rest as possible? Wrap up game five and uh, have three, four days to kind of hang out. Have some and, practices. And have if San Antonio does pull this out, Portland gets home court. Right. Yeah. That would be that, that, really nice. That would be a heck of a path to the Western that Conference That would be models. great. Like, you want to talk about when you're saying how the likelihood of the Blazers playing the Utah Jazz was 97% by, by all. Uh, it was 90, like, 20 minutes ago. Now it's 97? No, I, no, I said 97. Oh, I, I, I know 90. the number. No, I know the number. I got it. Don't worry. Um, but... I mean, the likelihood of the Blazers getting this matchup and then getting a Spurs to win and having the opportunity. I mean, you want to talk about all the stars aligning. We've said this in the past about the Blazers before, and they haven't taken advantage of it. And now that it's coming together and they're playing this brand of basketball, I think that's where a lot of my optimism comes from, is that things, even though they're not going their way with the sense of Nurkic being out, they are going their way in other in other circumstances where... I think that the Blazers might in the past not have taken advantage of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I think I think they are mentally, emotionally, you know, business-like you were saying at the beginning, mm-hmm. ready to do all this. What I worry about is that without Nurkic, at some point, it's going to catch their lack of – not lack of creativity, but their lack of options is going to ca- catch up with them. Mm-hmm.
0: Because, and that's that's a fair point to bring up too. Because the, let's say the Blazers had lost some, it, you know, one of these, one more of these games if the season was, if the series was even or if they were down 3 1. If you looked at how the Blazers have played, who are getting the shots? You're getting 40 plus shots tonight from Damon CJ. And then you're hoping that Amino or Harkless deliver. Because that's, you had Cantor in game one. And then outside of that, Cantor has been good. Um I, I think he did, he's not getting enough credit for what he did uh to close out in game 4 that allowed them to kind of put that one away on the uh the post up after post up after post up yeah, on and the he switches had, and he, he kicked a nice it out. He locked that game too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. In that game 4. Yep. But he, but again, he outside of game 1's monster performance, he has not been called upon. It has been Dame CJ and guys who in Harkos and I who haven't always delivered in the past offensively. And if the Blazers were playing an, a, another opponent, or if they did drop one of these games, I think the narrative locally and nationally would change back to what it has been in the past with Dame and CJ don't have enough around them, yada, yada, yada. And I think that'd be amplified by Nurkic's absence. I mean, that 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 would seem fair, right? Right. But I'm, to Mo and, and Aminu's credit, they've gotten it done.
1: Right. They really have. Like, what do you think it is about those two? Well, I think part of it is, again, Mo playing with a whole nother...
0: Um, <laughs> I don't want to say his purpose his confidence and attitude are, are confidence, yeah. above what it has been and you you point this out a lot as far as like the little things I have not seen mo smile smirk talk a little sideways a little trash more in his career in portland than I have in the past week
1: it's like he's a, a woke up Yes. Like, I mean, it's just like he's ready to go. You know, it's like, you know, when um, we were talking to Stephanie Reddy this weekend uh, for the what podcast. And she was talking about how when she went uh, to college, she was so excited to play on her college team that she would go to sleep the night before in her uniform so that she could wake up in the morning and go play basketball. Mm -hmm. And that's the attitude that I just feel from Mo right now. Um, which is it's like ridiculous. why when he got so mad and he you know threw his headband off. I was like, Yes.
0: yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> nobody in nobody in Portland is mad at Morris no. Harkless for throwing his his, his hashimaki. Right. They're, like that's Especially
1: the, a Jim Taylor, or is that who yeah, it was? Yeah.
0: Yeah, in hit JT. That's the best part of it. The, <laughs> the Blazers it,
1: PR guy it is it like, hit,
0: What? <laughs> uh, speaking of which, so we, I, I was trying to track those headbands down. I cannot find them anywhere. Oh I no! Want, I, I want to to buy one to channel the the Mo headband energy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we just need to focus it on Mo, and uh, maybe you can just wait your turn until the until the season's over. Maybe we just need to focus all. Oh, of that. oh does Mo
0: does Mo get all of the headband energy?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mo needs all the ho- headband. En- you saw what happened when he took it off in game three.
0: Yeah, it's true. Things went sideways. Yeah, so he just needs to
1: put it on there, hold it all together.
0: Uh, It'll be great. I will channel the powers of a horrible mustache until then.
1: (laughs) I want to give a shout out to a listener of ours named Brian, who came to the Women's Hoops and Talks meet up that we had uh, yesterday. God, it seems like a long time ago. Um, he has been a long time listener from back in the day and, uh, he heard us talk about, uh, heard, heard, me talk about the Women's Hoops and Talks meetup and he wanted to check it out and he came, uh, brought his wife and we had so much good energy in the room for that. And I may have jumped up and run around in circles every time Chief hit a three. Um, and. Doing,
0: doing some running then. Yes. Cause he was hitting threes. Get it? It's a joke, Tara.
1: um so uh it was a great game but it was fun we had uh we had a really good turnout i don't if we go into the second round we might have another one i don't know um it was uh it was really fun though to get together and like the last time we we watched the oklahoma city thunder as a group last time and they lost so it was really great to exercise that demon (laughs) Yes. (laughs) get the win out of there uh yeah anyway that was really uh that was really fun and it was a treat to to meet one of our listeners so yeah if like if anybody's out out there and they you know see us they should come up and say hi because it's really fun to talk to people who've been listening and to put a face to
0: you know whoever's out there anymore it is so much fun i love being out somewhere and just having somebody come up to me hey man how about the blazers how about this that and the other it's like yes cool awesome let's let's talk home <laughs> do my favorite thing so it's awesome to hear that people are coming out there and, and supporting you guys in that manner i'm still looking at the stats because I'm, I'm i've got like 47 tabs open for kind of a shooting deep dive that i'm putting together and the thing that pops out to me so far in this series here that's it's been a little bit weird is we're talking about how good cj has been <laughs> he's five of 17 from mid-range Wow, that's usually where his money is. Yes, but in the paint in the non-restricted area, he's ten of nineteen, like the, the, basically the floater range. Mm-hmm. And it's it's strange to see him struggle like that, especially when you contrast his above the break three point shooting. He's fifteen of twenty nine. I mean, between Dame and CJ, they're thirty of sixty three on above it. the break threes. I will take it. That is an obscenely dumb number. <laughs> but have you noticed? I was looking at the shoot
1: the shooting chart from the last game. And nobody can hit anything from the right side. Is it the right uh, side? Look three. at the shooting chart for from three, from the last game. It's a sea of red X's.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, on above the break. Now, I was, when you said right side, I was thinking right corner. I'm like, like they've been okay from the right corner. It's not bad. It's not good. No, great. from
1: above, above the break. You see, it's yeah. just like a sea of red X's.
0: Yeah, no they they uh they did have a period where they just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. But,
1: I don't yeah. understand why teams let them get to that. I don't let, let get to that left side. I don't know why people let Damien get to that side. Yo, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean you, you just think he about the always makes shot that, that hits. shot. The <laughs> shot. Like there, don't there. they all know that shot? Like yes, don't let them get there. They
0: do know it. That's what makes those guys so special is that These teams know it. It's on the scouting report that Dame's tendency and CJ's tendencies are to end up there. And these guys can still get there. And that's a testament how good they really are at creating their own shots. I mean, you think about the big shots that they've hit in this series. With the exception of Dame's logo threes, where have they come from? That left wing. I mean, they, they are just absolutely – when Dame started off 0 for 6 and he hits that shot going into the second quarter and then they make that big run and Dame comes out in the third quarter and goes nuts again, hits those back-to-back threes when the Thunder started kind of creeping up and then the Blazers blow that game open, those were both back-to-back corner threes or left-wing threes from Damian Lillard and also in between there, there's a three from C.J. McCollum on the left wing. So – I mean, they're, they're clearly that's their spot and they get to it and they're figuring it out. And it's it's just cool to watch.
1: Yeah, it really is. That's pretty much the sum of some of it is. And it feels a little bit like extra basketball because after Nurkic was down, like you referred to earlier, after Nurkic went down, it just felt like, well, they did a great job this season. And I really thought like, well, that's it. Um, But credit to them for pulling it together. I still miss him desperately because I just think the basketball was even more fun. Yes, Um, It was more creative. And one of the things is, you know how I was always talking about like how Blazers, no matter how much it feels like they're moving the ball around, are always 24th or 25th in assists like the game that they got the most assists was the game that they lost but I don't even care anymore
0: like yeah again that's I think that's a testament to how good Damien CJ have been in that the offense is running through them and they are killing it right now but the next round I think the matchup is going to be that that is going to be tested, and I think your 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 theory on assists and where they fall as a percentage is going to be put to the test big time.
1: Yeah, they're at the playoff equivalent of 24th now, so like, or I guess they're at the playoff, they're 30th, basically, the 30th, the playoff equivalent of 30th, in that they're dead last, I believe. Oh, no, they're second to last, I think. Um, I can't remember in, in assists, but the other thing is, is they're it's so – I've gotten used to watching that style of play so that now when I turn around and I watch a game like Denver or Golden State and they're just, like, passing it all over the place, I'm like, God, what a waste of time. <laughs> like, they're just <laughs> – and, like, all those times that they're doing that, somebody could have just grabbed that. So I've got <laughs> – my brain has started to, like, uh, like the pattern of um, isolation and – Where the ball um, doesn't
0: go to one side uh, – stays on one side of the floor and doesn't get the defense to yeah. shift. Yeah.
1: I mean, like every time someone like throws the cr- across a, a ball like across the court, I just have like flashbacks to soccer when somebody would like put cross the ball in front of the goal, and you're just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and that's what I, I always feel like when I see people like uh, throw lobbing the ball across court. Like, what are you doing? Somebody could have just grabbed that. I know it's not the same, but that's what it feels like.
0: No, no, I, I understand that, and it was actually nice to see. Um I can't remember if it was Dame or CJ now. I think it was CJ. who. Th- no, it was Dame. It was Dame. Uh, off the trap, he th- he had Moe who cut to the rim for the uh, the dunk where they literally just left him. And he threw a really risky pass over a very long and active Thunder defense, exactly where it needed to go. And Hark was able to secure it and throw it down for the dunk and basically ice the game.
1: CJ had a nice over-the-top pass to uh, Zach Collins, which I thought you probably liked because it was yes. a tall pass to a tall man. Um, although I so miss those bounce passes, I'm. Yeah, you're, well, I guess you're happy, but I miss them. <laughs> I
0: don't know if you noticed the turnovers that Dame had in the, in the first half of that game. What they came on? <laughs> oh, so were bounce, they bounce passes? Yes, and it's like stop doing that <laughs> in traffic against a team like this. Like the Thunder, they prey on bounce passes that are or slow passes or floated lob passes. Like if you throw any of that kind of stuff around this team that has you know 13 dudes that apparently are six eight. And just with bunnies for days, um, that's that's when the Thunder have looked their their best or their worst, however you want to describe them. For the Blazers,
1: I was thinking so, about yeah. the Blazers pick and roll with uh, Cantor in there instead of Nurkic, and I call it, and I don't mean this to sound mean, but I sound I call it like pick and wander around, just because like for some reason. <laughs> Uh, canter doesn't go straight you know what i mean (laughs) like when damon and uh when dame and um Nurkic have the pick and roll going they're going so hard straight to the basket and when uh canter gets it in the pick and roll it's like he always has a bunch more space on one side and he always kind of like wanders into that space before then heading to the heading to the basket.
0: A big part of that is that the, the adjustments the Blazers made to keep the traps away is that they're pulling pick and rolls out to 30 plus feet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that makes the that thunder have space. Yes, and it, it creates more space, and it makes the thunder much, much more hesitant to double because if Dame breaks the double that far away from the rim, there's there's literally nothing you can do but, but foul him. That is literally the only thing you can do from a scheme standpoint at that point in time because you're you've committed two guys who are now out of position and, it's, and they're on the trail thirty feet away from the rim. So
1: it is different than what they were doing before with Nurkic.
0: Yes. And I think they would have done this with Nurkic too, because this, this is how you, this is one way to counter the trap and the pressure. And, and the, the the counter to this counter is that if they start sagging back in, guess what Dame set the precedent of to start the series. Hey, (laughs) just so you know, I'm more than willing and capable of canning 35 footers. If you let me walk into this shot. (laughs) so that's why i think that that's why i think that shot meant so much to start this series Uh oh yeah it it, it set the precedent not only energy wise but scheme wise of what they were going to do Mm
1: -hmm. right just let us remind you don't forget what that first shot felt like yeah no i think it was it was brilliant brilliant strategy can't wait to see where they go from here but we should go ahead and wrap it up here um you got anything else that you want to talk about
0: no, it's just that I'm. We'll just wait it out. Strangely weird, weirdly. I don't know. Th- trying to find the right word for this. Is it? Is it joy? Joyful, happy, mm-hmm. content. No, I would
1: say content. you're just feeling super confident, and that makes you feel really good because you like to feel confident.
0: I do like feeling confident, and James Harden just took a charge, which just irritated the hell out of me because it wasn't a charge. <sighs> Focus on the Blazers. Sorry.
1: So I think I think what you're feeling is uh, confidence. What Optimism. I feel is – and it has – I hate to say pride because I did absolutely nothing, right, to get them to this point. But pride in them as a team that I root for in just how much they have uh, put it together and um, shown everybody who ever said anything about them not believing in them. They just were like – no, we did this, and I just love it. Anyway, uh, we should uh, cut it off right there. You can find me at TCBBigs on Twitter. You can also follow the Hoops and Talks podcast. We have had some such fun guests lately. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of them, but we talked to Stephanie Reddy of TNT. I
0: did, hey. and I saw her at the game uh, in game four. I saw the camera picking up. She was right behind the uh, Kevin and Lamar.
1: Yeah, yeah, she um, she was just absolutely delightful to talk to, and then we got to talk to Jennifer, which was amazing. She was just she's this a cool lady who loves basketball? And one day had an opinion about something CJ had said, <laughs> and it just all spiraled on from there. And so it was absolutely wonderful to get By to talk the way, to Jennifer.
0: Ga- Game of Zones captured that brilliantly, and not to not to pub somebody else's work, but that. That skit with the Blazers was fantastic.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was. Um, So anyway, go ahead. Take us out of here, Dan.
0: All right, folks. You can catch me on Blazers Outsiders before and after every game. And hopefully there's at least one, two, three, four, five, uh, a lot more uh, (laughs) to close out the season here uh on social media at dmarang at dm A R A N G. as always my dms are open and as the playoffs have come i have getting a lot more of you uh asking questions and, and popping in and like please continue to do so i got i they're open for a reason so we can we can talk who uh my girlfriend doesn't doesn't always kill me um <laughs> for opening up my cell phone and checking the dms but uh uh, thank you to everybody who does that, because it, it's it's an honor and a privilege, and it's fun as hell to be able to talk hoops for a living, so thank you. Um, but other than that, uh, I think we've got some things planning on the loose ends right now for the second round uh, that I'm hoping they'll be able to talk about once the Blazers win Game 5 and secure the series and have a couple days off. But other than that, I think we're good to go. So Tara, go ahead and take us out.
1: All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to the Blazer's Edge podcast on whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Follow them at Blazer's Edge. Tweet at us. Let us know what's going on. And we will talk to you soon.